Politics and religion have always been strange bedfellows, one using the other for its own selfish purposes. Is one world religion politically possible? During a time in future Bible prophecy known as the Tribulation, the false prophet amalgamates the religions of the world into a common but false spirituality that ultimately worships the devil through the Antichrist. People have been trying to unite the religions of the world for a long time. Many believe naively that all religions basically worship the same God. These efforts will reach a tipping point at the end of the age, making it easy for the false prophet to erect what could be called a religious Tower of Babel. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. The day is coming when our world leaders will create something close to a modern-day Tower of Babel, but with one tragic twist. Hello, welcome in to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for tuning in. Today, Ron offers an in-depth look at this coming one-world religion as he continues the series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and the Return of Jesus Christ. Stay right here or stop by our new digital streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Revelation 13, here's Ron with his Something Good radio message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. According to a study conducted by researchers at Oxford University, human beings are religious by nature. <laughs> Some of you are saying, no duh, pastor. And it's true, we, we didn't need 57 researchers to conduct 40 different studies in 20 different locations across the globe to arrive at that conclusion. Uh, most of us giving witness here today in a worship service can say, yeah, we human beings are religious by nature. But that's not self-evident to everybody and let the researchers do what the researchers do. And, but I agree with... Um, Christina Chu, who wrote an article about this research, and, and even she agreed that we humans, in her words, quote, have a predisposition to believe in some kind of divine being. And I think there's a simple explanation for that. We were created in the image of God, and we were created to glorify Him and to worship Him. Uh, the problem is that sin, as I understand it in the Scriptures, sin has severely damaged our worship instinct. I want you to think about the first commandment that God gave to the Hebrew people, you shall have no other gods before me, He said many, many years ago. And that was an important place for Him to start in the Ten Commandments with the Hebrews because they had been in slavery in an Egyptian culture for 400 years an ancient civilization that was littered with false gods and false religion. And so it was important for the Lord God of heaven and earth as He began a relationship with His chosen people to say, you shall have no other gods before me. I am the one true God, Jehovah, He said. Amen. 
But the history of Israel, God's chosen people, and the history of humanity in general proves that our hearts easily drift toward false religion, does it not? And speaking of false religion, every false religion in the world today, and I know that's not politically correct today because all religions basically say the same thing, right? No. Every false religion today has its roots in another ancient civilization called Babylon that existed long before Egypt. And uh, if you're thinking of the, the Tower of Babel, when you think of Babylon, you're thinking correctly because Babylon came out of that group of people who migrated to the plains of Shinar and erected this tower in defiance to God. Uh, it became the roots of every pagan religion in the world. The Babylonian civilization was full of devil worship and pagan idolatry. Uh, the Bible is, in many ways, a tale of two cities, starting with the city of Babel that became Babylon and the Babylonian civilization. It's also the tale of another city uh, called Salem, which eventually became Jerusalem. And it shouldn't surprise us as, you, as we read about Jerusalem, uh, the holy city of God, and Babylon, the center of pagan worship and devil worship, that these two cities emerge on center stage at the end of the age. You read in the revelation of Jesus Christ about Babylon. In fact, most scholars see a religious Babylon that, that rises as well as an economic Babylon. And there's debate as to whether this is symbolic or whether uh, it has something to do with the literal city of Babylon that, that even Saddam Hussein was rebuilding during his reign. But the tale of these two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon, it shouldn't surprise us that they appear in the book of Revelation, and it shouldn't surprise us that the Antichrist uses religion to seize control of the world. You know, the devil is not against religion. He's just against true religion and the worship of the one true God, but he loves religion. He loves false belief and false religious systems. And what we find at the end of the age is that uh, this figure that John describes as a beast that we talked about last time, the beast rising up out of the sea, this antichrist, uh, teams up with another beast, which John talks about in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11. Two beasts, one rising up from the sea, one rising up from the earth, the antichrist and this other beast known as the false prophet who is used by the devil to, to bring about a one-world religion and who teams up with the Antichrist uh, to develop a one-world economy and seize control of the world's belief system and the world's ability to buy and sell and the economy as well. All of this is pictured in this description that John gives us in Revelation chapter 13 and especially verses 11 through 18 with regard to the false prophet. This false prophet amalgamates the world's religions into a common but false belief system. And it's not hard to see how that might happen today because people have been trying to join together and unite the world religions since the beginning of time. We all believe basically the same thing, don't we? That's what the world wants us to believe. And that, that movement and that belief system will reach a tipping point at the end of the age. And especially when the church vacates this world through the rapture and, and there is a, a skeleton of a religious organization and a vacuum left into which the false prophet moves and develops a one-world belief system controlled by the Antichrist and, and the devil. By the way, the devil, the Antichrist, 
and the false prophet, the Antichrist and the false prophet being the two beasts that John sees rising up from the sea and the earth. These three form the unholy trinity. And I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about that, that second figure known as the false prophet. In Revelation 13, verses eight, or 11 through 18, there are probably seven or eight things that we can say about this, this figure, this, this other beast rising up from the sea. Number one, he's a religious figure. I've already implied that, haven't I? But you say, well, where do we get the idea that he's a religious figure? Well, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 20 calls him the false prophet. He is a prophet with political power and connection. And what we're going to see is the mingling of religion and politics in a way like the world has never seen before. Uh, the Antichrist being that political leader, the false prophet being the religious leader, and they team up to form a one-world religion and a one-world economy, again, like the world has never seen before. Number two, John sees that this is not only a religious figure, but he is from the earth and not heaven. He sees him rising up out of the earth. Now, in verse one, he sees the Antichrist rising up out of the sea. And last time we said that the sea is uh, oftentimes in, in the book of Revelation a reference to the Gentile nations, uh, maybe specifically in John's day, a reference to the nearest sea that John and others were located by, that being the Mediterranean Sea, and it's led many Bible scholars to believe that the Antichrist will be a Gentile, perhaps rising up from the Mediterranean regions of the world. But now he sees another beast, this time rising up from the earth. And there's been some speculation as to what the earth means, but really the most we can say is that this is an earthly figure, not a heavenly figure. <laughs> there ain't nothing heavenly about this false prophet. He is a religious figure with political power and connection, but he is of the earth and not heaven. Again, rounding out the unholy trinity made up of the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet who come upon this earth during the tribulation period. Something else we can say about this false prophet is his demeanor is one of quiet humility with ferocious ferocious intentions. John says it had two horns, this beast did, two horns uh, picturing his authority that he shares with the Antichrist, two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. When the false prophet appears on planet earth, he will have the quiet demeanor that you expect of a, well, of a member of the clergy, quiet, humble, but he has dragon-like intentions. John calls him a beast, just like the Antichrist. And together, influenced if not possessed by the devil himself, they will come to kill, to steal, and destroy. He looks like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon, John says. Number four, he exercises authority with the Antichrist. Did you see that in verse 12? It, that is the beast or the false prophet, exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence. And again, here we have the mingling of, of politics and religion. You know, politics and religion has, have always been strange bedfellows, have they not? One using the other for its own selfish purposes. And, and here the, uh, the, the, the false prophet derives his authority from the Antichrist, who derives his power and authority from the devil himself. And in many ways, this false prophet is a pathetic figure because he has no authority in and of himself. Again, he derives his authority from the beast. 
And, and as a religious figure, gone is the idea that, that the authority is in the Word of God or in the church itself. You know, uh, I have no authority in and of myself. I, I speak with the authority of the Word of God. And the extent to which my words align with the Word of God, I have authority in what I say. There was a time in our culture where Billy Graham would stand up and say, the Bible says, because there was still that remnant in our culture that believed that the Bible was God's Word and spoke with authority. But that's gone during the tribulation period. The church is raptured out of here. Uh, There's this religious institutional shell that is left, and that's the, the shell into which the false prophet moves and along with the Antichrist, he exercises authority not only over the world's belief system, but also uh, the world economy. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. New to the program? Keep in mind that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org, and when you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can share the gospel through this radio and internet broadcast. Join the 828 Club from our website or give us a call at 757-276-1099. That's 757-276-1099. Revelation describes him as a beast rising up from the sea. He's the false prophet who will launch a false religion in the last days of planet Earth. From the revelation of Jesus Christ, here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. You may remember that as we go closer and closer to the end of the age, the church becomes more apostate. The church drifts away from orthodoxy, from uh, the the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And of course, when the true church of Jesus Christ is raptured out of this earth, nothing is left but a religious shell. And because we are religious by nature, the Antichrist and the the false prophet team up in in a mingling of politics and religion like the world has never seen before to seize control of the world. Number five, this false prophet, listen to this, he performs signs and wonders. He's a miracle worker. Let's pick it up in verse 13. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. Now, who does that sound like? Sounds kind of like Elijah the prophet. Remember when Elijah the prophet did that in the great battle of the prophets on Mount Carmel? And if you remember the two witnesses that appear on planet earth to give witness to the gospel along with the 144,000 Jewish evangelists, those two witnesses uh, seem to be Moses and Elijah that returned to planet earth. And perhaps there's another battle of the prophets and Elijah's calling down fire from heaven and well, the false prophet does the same. He's a miracle worker. It goes on to say in verse 14, and by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The false prophet and the Antichrist uh, are miracle workers. Kind of reminds me of uh, Pharaoh's magicians who were also able to perform miracles right alongside Moses. You see, the devil isn't against religion, and, and the devil has power too. 
And he grants that power to his two witnesses on this earth, the Antichrist and the false prophet. And they use signs and wonders to deceive people. By the way, if you need a miracle today to believe in God, if you're one of these people chasing signs and wonders, you're vulnerable to deception. It'll happen all over during the tribulation period, but it's happening today. People who will probably be among those at the end of the age who say to Jesus, but we did great mighty things in your name. And he says, well, I, I never knew you. Oh, we, we performed all of these signs and wonders and miracles. And, but he says, I never knew you. That's because the devil can fake what Jesus is able to do. And it'll happen in droves during the tribulation period, signs and wonders and miracles. You know, Paul even said of the Jewish people, the Jews look for signs, but the Greeks look for wisdom. Both rejected Jesus because Jesus wasn't spectacular enough for the Jews and he wasn't sophisticated enough for the Greeks. But for those who are looking for signs and wonders, boy, the Antichrist and the false prophet, hey, they're, they're your guys. They're your guys. They're, they're going to dazzle and razzle and perform all kinds of signs and all kinds of wonders, including erecting an image of the beast. Now, here's where I think we're at the midpoint of the tribulation period, and we're describing that time that Daniel talks about known as the abomination that causes desolation. Jesus references this in his discussion about the end of the days with the disciples in Matthew 24 and 25. It's the time when the Antichrist steps into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and desecrates it. And with the help of the false prophet, they erect an image of the beast. And the world worships this beast, which brings me to number six. The, anti, the false prophet inspires people to worship the Antichrist. It kind of reminds me of something that happened in the Babylonian civilization years ago. Let's go full circle back to Babylon for a moment. You remember in your Bible in Daniel chapter 3? Turn with me there for a moment. Daniel chapter 3. Back during the uh, gilded age of the Babylonian civilization, there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar who was kind of full of himself, uh, thought he was God, thought he should be worshipped, and he got together with all of his advisors, and they built this, this image, this stone statue of Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't in the plains of Shinar. Oh, no, fast forward in your history um, many, many centuries. Now they're in the plains of Dura, and the Babylonian civilization is in, is in full uh, full bore, as it were. They've, they've, they've captured the Jewish people and taken them into their captivity time. Daniel is among them. And in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 4, there on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon, it says, verse 4, and the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Well, you remember the story of Daniel and his three friends, you know, Rackshack and Benny? That's a VeggieTales thing. My kids are grown, but I remember Rackshack and Benny. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And while King Nebuchadnezzar was saying, bow or burn, 
they chose to burn rather than bow, and they were tossed into that fiery furnace. And then there's that, that story of the fourth man in the fire, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ who, who miraculously saved them from the burning fire. It's a fabulous story in the Old Testament book of Daniel. My point is this. The devil's not very creative. What he tried to do on the plain of Dura during the Babylonian captivity centuries earlier, well, he just, he just pulls that old trick out during the tribulation period and tries it again. And with the help of the false prophet, they erect an image, a beastly image in the temple in Jerusalem. And the world worships the beast. You're listening to Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out Dr. Ron Jones' discipleship coaching experience, Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. You can join Ron as he takes you back to the fundamentals of the Christian faith and helps equip you to fulfill the Great Commission by making disciples of others. To find Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, look for Something Good courses when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Time is running out to make a reservation for Experience Israel 2022. To get more information on our trip to the Holy Land, look for Something Good Travel when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support of friends like you. When you give your gift to Something Good Radio, we'd like to offer you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now. Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. In this 20-message series, Dr. Ron Jones takes you on an exciting journey through the book of Revelation and unveils some of the greatest and most mysterious prophecies in all of Scripture. That's Mysteries of the Apocalypse, yours for a limited time for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. I can imagine a time when I read through the book of Revelation and and the description of Uh, the tribulation and the calamity and the destruction uh, that comes to planet Earth. I I can imagine a time when even people in democratic societies like ours will be so full of fear they will gladly give up liberty for security. Gladly give up their liberty for somebody who comes on the scene and promises peace and safety 
you just got to put this little thing beneath your forehead or just beneath your skin here. And, and, and if we all just kind of come together, everything will be just fine. You see, a lot of these things that a, a generation ago were really, really difficult to grasp and understand. We're living at a time where the technology is here. We're living at a time where, where the thought processes and the movements toward this are here. Fast forward even a little bit more. The world will reach a tipping point where, yeah, all these discussions about civil liberties and constitutions, the world will be in such chaos, people will gladly give over their liberty for a little bit of safety and security. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.